bitch, I'm dead fresh. I might pull up in a casket. Hey, come on, like bro. Fruit basket. Spit a couple raps. I get a check of Johnny Cash. Should I smash it? I'll let you mom. Remember, guys, don't take us too seriously. We're just some bros being dudes talking sports. Presented by the Wolfpack Productions and the presenting sponsor, the Townsend Bar and Grill. Your one-stop shop for great food, great prices, and great times all the time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Bros Being Dudes Talking Sports, presented by Wolfpack Productions and presenting sponsor, the Townsend Bar and Grill. Your one-stop shop for good food at good prices and where the good times where are they gtd all the time baby They're all the time baby uh so welcome back guys we honestly again i say it every single time honestly i'm gonna put up put together like a little intro like mashup of every single episode we've done i'm pretty sure that it would sound just <laughs> the exact say, same it, it says it sounds a little bit like this Man, what a week, what a week we got! What a slate on the on the week. <laughs> every time, every time, I say we have an exciting show, and to my credit, we do have an exciting show every time. But today, it, it's particularly exciting because, dude, this weekend was chock full of just exciting sports stuff. What a slate in college football! A couple big upsets. wasn't expecting that in the NFL. A ton of big upsets and a couple games that went down to the wire. Some really awful officiating, which we'll touch on. Uh, we got a little bit of NBA news, uh, but first, let's just get it out of the way. I only have one thing in the NHL. Uh, DeBrusque re-signs with the Boston Bruins, so he's a fan favorite up there in, in, in Boston. Uh, he re-signs with the Bees on a two-year deal, so they get their guy back. Hometown hero, uh, he's loved up there, so so that's huge for them. They avoid arbitration, so I, honestly, I hate the Bruins, but I'm happy to see him stay there because he is he's a local guy. Uh, he grew up a big uh, Bruins fan, so that's awesome. Uh, now let's kick it over. This will hit a lot closer to home for a lot of you UK fans. Let's go to the NBA. DeMarcus Cousins officially joining the Houston Rockets. Now, GTD, you've been very vocal about the fact that you cannot stand the Rockets. In particular, you cannot stand their two best players. So how does it feel knowing that one of UK's pinnacle stars – uh, since Cal has been there, is now with those two. Is that going to kind of change the way you view him, or will you still be able to root for him? Well, I'll be honest with you, Ian. I was never that big of a fan of uh, Cousins in the first place, actually. Um, and I think this signing is literally minuscule. I don't think he'll do anything to really help that squad. Really? See, I disagree. I think it's going to help him because he is a big, but – he also has the ability to stretch the floor a little bit. He has the ability to drive. He has a little bit of bounce still left in him. Now, he's not the same player he was a couple years ago. He's still a pretty good ball player, right? He moves the needle a little bit, so he's going to demand body. some attention. He is a huge body. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if this puts him over the hump, being able to contend with the Lakers or the Clippers, but it, they're probably in that next tier with, like, the Warriors without Clay, maybe the Jazz. Um, somewhere in that in that tier. Yep. But uh, the other thing, speaking of the Lakers, they got Morris back. He resigns now. Not a, not not something that's going to get the needle moving too much. But Lakers fans know the importance that he had on that team in that title run. Like 
You need that scrappy guy to come in, give your guys some minutes off the bench, give your team a spark. And that's what that, that's essentially, that's what Morris is and his brother, both of them. They're yep. both spark plugs. And so the Lakers get their spark plug back. Honestly, I think that's a bigger, a bigger deal that they brought him back. Um, Cause if they would have lost them, I think that that would have had a huge impact. Like, under a cover, like yeah. Especially sneakily, on the side of the ball. sneakily, very important to that to that roster. Speaking so they of, they signed two or three different guys, didn't they? Yeah, um, yeah, I forget the other guy's name though. But what I was gonna say, dude, they're in talks of trading Javale McGee to the freaking Knicks. If the Knicks trade for Javale <laughs> McGee, no joke, I will not be a Knicks fan anymore. Oh, I'll just swear him off. Dude, poor JaVale McGee. I watch him, and he's one of those players, one of those rare players that gives me anxiety when I watch him play. Like, do, so do you know bad. what I mean? Like, you sit there and you watch the way people move, the way they react. They're just not fluid whatsoever. And it literally creates anxiety in my body to watch them play. <laughs> he's, he's one of those players. like Mr. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the other name that they got, and this is huge, actually. This, this makes the Lakers, like... I don't know if there's anyone that can compete with them now, especially since Clay got hurt. I you you can probably pencil them down for a repeat. They got Mark Gasol. Yeah, I want to say, and that's a like. See, I think Mark Gasol is the much better signing rather than Boogie in Houston. Like, I would rather have Gasol. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's not even yeah. a question, especially for the prices that each of them got. Like. Yeah. That's crazy. That no joke. Like you could pencil it. That sucks, dude. That sucks. Unbelievable. I totally ah, man. Yeah. So what you so what we're basically getting at is we're gonna see LeBron with five rings in a year. Now they're gonna need they're gonna need a, some help in the front court, like they or the back court. Sorry, I always get those confused. Their front court's nasty. You're 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 starting bigs now are LeBron at three, um, AD at four, and Mark Gasol at five. That's absolutely filthy. There's not a team in the league that can compete with that. Not one single team. Period. That's no. not. You can't compete with that. Who are their guards? Because Rondo's gone. You Kuzma's terrible. Like. Uh, people who try to defend Kyle Kuzma, I I'll never understand it. He's awful. Oh, Kuzma is bad. Like he's um, terrible. How about Caldwell Pope? Is he still there? I'm not sure, but I'd again, that doesn't is. get the needle moving. So now you <clears> worry <throat> that becomes a, a, a maybe not a cause for panic, but definitely a cause for concern because you're gonna play Russ and Harden. You're gonna play Damon McCollum. You're gonna play. Curry and Wiggins, like you have to have good guards in the West. Yeah. Now, the Clippers, who probably right now are the second best team in the West, their guard play isn't outstanding, but playoff P can still like get something done in the regular season. Who their point guard's going to be next year, I'm not entirely sure. You know who the point guard in in uh, for the Clippers is going to be next year? No, I don't have a clue. Yeah, I don't have a clue. But still, but, hey, I mean, because now, especially because Rondo's gone in L.A., like he's yeah. not with the Lakers. I don't know what Which you do Braun, with Braun. Braun will run the point most of the time anyway. That's fine on offense. That's, that's That yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. But on defense, who are you going to have that can defend uh, anyone? You got a uh, – what's his name? Looks like Zach Hackett. Um, 
Oh you know, bald, bald headed. He can actually play though, Ian. Kuzco like, or whatever. I, I know, I know you're, uh, I know you're like discrediting him a little bit, but I think he can actually play some ball. I'm not discrediting him. He just he is what he is. Okay. I forget it. Why am I not? Why can I not think of his name right now? It's like Caruso. Yeah, Alex Caruso. There you go. Yeah, you know why I remember that. Because every time I hear it, it reminds me of uh, the Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me you didn't have a crush on Alex. That is weird because her oh, name did, was sure. Alex. Her name was Alex, and now you said his name is Alex too. Yeah, his name is Alex Crusoe. Mm. She was hot. Uh, who was the actor that played her? Uh, uh, Selena Gomez. Yeah, got him. She was had definitely definitely a twelve year old having a crush on. Uh, on Selena Gomez playing in a freaking Wizards of Waverly Place cartoon. Yeah. So here's a question for you. Who was the hottest Disney character from like the live action shows when we were growing up? So you got hey, like. All right. So I'm not going to say this is the hottest, but sneakily an underrated one that I always liked was. All right. Uh, I'm telling you, I know who you're going to say. Can I guess it? Because I'm telling you, I think I know who you this is. You can't guess it because I don't remember her name offhand. Like I'm bad with names when it comes to. Actors. Okay. I will tell you who they were. Tell me well, what show it, it's off of. Hannah Montana. No, 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 no. no. Uh, but I do who know. Who is it? Mine's off of Zach and Cody. The sweet life of Zach and Cody. Was it Ashley Tisdale? She is. Ashley the, Tisdale. The blonde. The sweet life, dude. Dude, uh, London, London Tipton off of that show I think was hotter. The the Asian. Yeah, oh my what? God. I couldn't get over it. I never could get over the aspect of she did. She never had a clue what she's talking about. Like, even oh, that, the, was she like, was. Yeah, she was stupid, that's for sure, but not in real life. Yeah, yeah, poor thing. She was just an actress, and I was sitting there thinking, this is the dumbest woman I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. But no, so, okay, obviously Miley Cyrus I thought was attractive, but, dude, Lily from uh, from Hannah Montana, her name is like Emily Oswald or something. Dude, I thought she was – I always thought she was hotter for we sure. Have to, we have to bring up um, iCarly. Dude, iCarly was good looking. Like, she grew I into- don't. I don't think she was ever that attractive. I always thought Sam was the more attractive. Yeah, Sam, but then Sam's personality like kind of made you feel a little gay when you when you liked her a little bit. Though I kind of got intimidated by. It. I was like, this yeah. this woman's gonna hurt me, and I was like, I like that. Hey, you know, but she coming her and choke him out like she used to do Freddy for <laughs> the cameras. Put me in a full Nelson. Like, let's ride. Let's get after it. <laughs> and that was. Bros being dudes talking childhood crushes. <laughs> and uh, some rough sex. BDSM. <laughs> hey, chains and whips excite me, Don. Shout out to Rihanna. <laughs> another another one. <laughs> another one. Hey, hey, yeah, John, you stole it, man. <laughs> <laughs> another one. So many, so many. <laughs> It's from my childhood. I'm loving it. Right oh, it's just too good. <laughs> this is the nostalgia episode. I'm, that's going to be the title, nostalgia episode. Um, you got that, though. I was about to say it. You stole it. <laughs> Speaking of some nostalgia, UK fans are having uh, some nostalgia this year, going back to the days of uh, Joker, where you guys oh, are just terrible. I, uh, if, if we were going back to the days of Joker, I, I'd actually be having a good time this year, and I'm having the complete opposite of a good time. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, it's not, I, it's not like you guys lost to Alabama sixty three to three. 
Well, we knew that was going to happen. That I mean, that one was served up on a silver platter for us. I got my belly full last week knowing that was going to happen. I can't believe that she only scored three points. Like, Alabama's defense yeah, but, is not that good. Seriously, you can't believe it? <laughs> no, I no. But, Alabama's defense is not that good. All right, so basically your segment, like your answer on the segment of your stupid today is going to be, oh, I'm stupid for thinking UK could have scored more than three points on Alabama. <laughs> like, that's going to be your segment today. <laughs> well, I just want to get I want to get you riled up about UK. Like I'm done with them. Is... I told you I've cleansed my hands. I'm I'm declaring it on this podcast. I have cleansed my hands of UK. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just say it and it be true, Michael. I didn't say it. I declared it. <laughs> oh man. I I I I really can't say anything because George is not great this year. And like, you're looking at the king of like expectations or falling short of expectations in more than one way at me. Uh, and you know, we, we, we went into this year and I told you from the get go, I didn't even have high expectations. I literally said we might win five games. We might win five games with an all SEC schedule this year. And it's just been the way that it's been done. Even the way we've lost is really what has not been great. Yeah. I mean, I said at the beginning of the year that UK would win seven games. So that's I knew knew the realistic viewpoint that I needed to have as a UK football fan. And I still was let down. If that's not UK football in a nutshell for you, then I don't know what to tell you. Well, I thought that UK would lose to both. Alabama team, so they would lose to Auburn and Alabama, so I penciled those in as losses. I thought they would lose to Georgia, so, like, they did lose to those teams. They just have also lost to, you know, <laughs> to others. That's in the Phil Tornets and a <laughs> few other teams. Okay, here's a question for you. No joke. If you put together an all-star team of Shelby Valley, Phelps, and Eastridge, do they contend with UK this year? It'd be exciting. I would like. I would actually pay. To see- <laughs> that's you're just. That's just. That's not true. You know. I, you know. No. I'm just gonna. You know. I'm just gonna pay to see it just because, right? Like when you tell me that I have an all-star team of the Phelps Hornets, the Chevy Valley Wildcats, and whoever else you said, Eastridge. Oh yeah. So I, essentially, can, can please, essentially, we- it's just Shelby Valley. <laughs> Can we please play on uh, Eastridge's field? That's what. Then I would definitely be there. Is that the field that's like off yes, kilter a little bit? See. That like is you like. You went for a game that night. Oh, that's the worst football I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Just to be honest with you, like that was terrible. <laughs> JB JB was getting mad at me the whole time because I was like, "What am I? I'm, I, I told him I said I'm watching rugby right now." He's Honestly, like, I, he I got know. mad. He got <laughs> mad. Mad. I know it was bad football. I know it was bad football. Not the best football game to take you to an Eastern Kentucky to give you a feel of it. I'm not gonna lie, that might be the worst football game in America. They play better they play better high school football than that in Alaska. They don't even have sunlight right now. There's a part up in uh up in the northern territory of Alaska, they got literally zero sunlight and they're still throwing a pigskin around more than they do in eastern Kentucky. Now, That's granted, a fact. Now we never did even when I was there, but it was like I just know that it was an ugly ball game. Which oh, I played in a lot of ugly ball games. So I can't say much. <laughs> So <laughs> it was just tough. It was tough to watch, and I I sound like like a northern cuck making fun of Eastern Kentucky football, and I, I always aggravate these guys about it all the time. But 
Oh man, that one, that in particular. Was no, I know that one. That one tough. I know. Was tough. Like yeah, I know that was tough. Hell, I played in. I played in four of those games in my career, and they were all four terrible. So I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> you know, you know what? A game from this weekend that like rivaled what that Eastridge Shelby Valley game was from a couple years ago. This Northwestern and Wisconsin game. This was this was no joke. Like one of the worst games I've ever watched in my. The score was close, but the quality of play in this game was just awful. Let me read you this play-by-play of what this what what this looked like, okay? Because, dude, this was literally – I think – okay, so there was only 24 total points scored. 24. 17-7 ball game, okay? Let's look at what this, what this ended up being. All right, here we go. Let's pull it up. All right, play-by-play. All right, let's see. So opening drive. Okay, cool. Opening drive. Touchdown by by Northwestern. That's cool. Okay, fumble. Fumble by Wisconsin on the next possession. Oh, fumble by Northwestern next possession. Okay, then a touchdown by Wisconsin. So now it's 7-7. Let's see. Punt, fumble, missed field goal. Punt, punt, interception. Punt, interception. Touchdown, end of the first half. All right, now listen to this. Ready? (laughs) This is how you start the second half in the Big Ten. Or, Or, yeah, the... Second half in the Big Ten. Ready? Punt, 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 punt. <laughs> guess My how long? Goodness, those, man. Guess how long those drives were? I'm gonna Three. say each. Are other... <laughs> uh, you talking about all of them put together? No, no. What What was the average play length of all of those drives? Play length. Or drive the, the average drive length of, of one, uh, two, three, four, I'm five, six, seven, eight, the nine. Ball, so I'm going to say they probably did run the clock off. So I'm going to say about an average of what, a minute. minute no, 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 plays. How many plays per drive? And oh. it was nine drives. The first nine drives of the second half. Uh, guess the average play length. Had, it had to be. If it's that many punts, they were three nouts. This is an average of three right here. An average. Of three point two four plays <laughs> per drive. Nine straight punts is just gross. Anyway, that's I, unbelievable. I'm, I'm turning that ball game off. I've not seen anything I like. That's in, that's insane. Actually, I'm just not even turning college football on after you tell me that. No more. But there's no <laughs> that's more. Fair. To be hit. That's fair. So yeah. So that'll wrap up. Well, one more. So Ohio State and Indiana. Honestly, a lot closer than I expected it. Um, Indiana did look good at times, but they turned Justin Fields over four times and they still lost. So that tells me that the talent gap is insane. Like you can't win a turnover battle by four and then still lose. And they were getting blown out for the majority of the game. And then Indiana came back right there at the last second, uh, make it look a lot closer. So they did only lose by seven, but this was really not, not, that close of a ball game. Like they scored 21 unanswered points at the end of the game uh, to kind of make it seem a little bit closer. But yeah, this was, this was not pretty. Yeah. Um, But I think it's more of an indictment on like Indiana is just not close to Ohio state yet. And that's okay. Cause they're, they're probably never going to be, but like, it's still impressive what they've done this year though. The fact, uh, right. No one expected fact, them to be where they are. No, absolutely not. No, especially because like, one, you start the season off with Penn State, okay? So that was an upset at the time. Now Penn State's terrible, but still, no one expected them to win that game. And then with Indiana, if you lose one game, 
it's going to snowball on you and you're going to get worse and worse and worse because like you're not playing for anything. So yeah. it's just going to snowball. See, man, but, that's, that's another thing. Like I don't, these boys, they're not really get they're not getting paid. Um, and really at the end of the day, what are they playing for this year? Like that they're playing for the love of the game. It's really all they're playing for this year. And some of them, I mean, and to increase your draft stock, but like, that's, that's well, kind of yeah, why, that's the like, you hate college football, which is surprising because, like, as big of a football guy as you are, I think that you would appreciate, like, A, you get to see former pros and, like, see the development that they have because, like, watching some Georgia guys from Georgia and now following them and, like, seeing their development into the pros, it's awesome. Like, I love that. Oh, and I two, definitely knew that with the UK players. Well, and two, like – a lot of these guys are not going to make it to the next level. So, like, mm-hmm. you're seeing people, like, ball out just strictly for the love of the game. That's why, like, I'm a diehard Georgia fan. I always will be. Yeah. But, like, I'm starting to fall in love with BYU. And I really like App State, too. But it's just because, like, watching the smaller schools like that, like, I love watching Maction as well for the same reason. Because, like, these guys, 95% of them are not going to the league. And I'd actually yeah. say it's probably closer to 99% of those FCS schools or group of five schools, like they're not going to the league. So they're strictly out there balling, literally putting their life on the line and not even because of COVID because like they would survive that. But like your life can change. Like you take a hit to the head wrong, you get brain trauma, you break your neck, you're paralyzed. The one thing is, man, like it's not that I don't like college football because any football is football, but uh, it's just such a different game. You know, my love for the it NFL is, a different is just so, like, I am passionate, passionate about the NFL. Yeah. And you go down to the college level, and it's just a different ball game. Like, you're even the whole rule book changes, honestly. And that's one thing I can't stand. Yeah. Like, I really wish they'd make college rules. Like, have uniform you know. rules? Yeah, because then... Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, because then, guess what? Like, you've you got players already adjusted to the adjusted rules of the game the at that point. Like, but anyway, that's a different note. Well, that's like, I mean, we got time. Like, that is a good discussion to have because, like, the one thing that's interesting is, like, it is amateur football, technically, right? So, does the rule set aid those players more than those trying to prepare for the NFL? Like, is it a hindrance? Oh, it definitely does. It is a hindrance. Yeah. It's a hindrance to the game in general, I believe. Because, like, those rules are made for high school. Like that's your high school rules. You're, uh, whenever you get to the college level, like you're, you are basically, and I hate saying it like this, but you are getting paid in a sense to play. Like, I know you're not literally getting money and can spend that money. Well, yeah, actually you do. Yeah. You get an allowance. It's part of your scholarship. All the full ride guys, like you're getting, you're getting an allowance that pays part part of it pays for like rent and like room and board, whatever. Cause like if you move off campus, you can still use that for, for that. Um, but they get like a stipend and some, at some places it's upwards of 10 grand a semester yeah. because I was talking, there was a dude that played on EKU's basketball team that I was like pretty decent friends with my first couple semesters down there. And he was like, we don't get paid in air quotes, but we get paid. He was like, dude, I get like an allowance of five grand a semester to just do what I want. Yeah. But then you're looking at five grand stretched out over a 
period of what like okay five grand five grand to as for spending money not to mention he got a food allowance a clothing allowance room and board his whole tuition paid for so like yeah five grand is crumbs i that's for sure that's fair but five grand in just spending money with all other expenses paid for now you're looking at it as like a little bit different. Which when does the when does that uh, go into effect that they can actually get paid? What do they still have to figure out a plan on how they're so, distributing that? Or? Well, it's they're not getting paid like paid paid like through the school or whatever. It's they can make money off of their likeness. Yeah. So like so you can, really off their own generated business off their own likeness. Right, right. So like say they're like a streamer or something like that. One kid, he was like a kicker at uh, I want to say Florida State actually, who was like a Twitch streamer for Fortnite. He had to shut his Twitch stream down because he was making money off of his likeness. Like people were saying, oh, he's making money. He only they has viewers. They only knew him because ball. he was a a kicker. Right, yeah. right. So yeah, that sucks. I'll never understand that though. Like. That's crazy. People your getting is your business though. Like exactly, it's your brand. Yeah, it's your brand. The fact that the NCAA ever forbid people to make money off of that is crazy. Like people used to get in trouble. Um, that happened at Ohio State when Jim Trussell was there. Um, people were signing autographs for tattoos and getting free tattoos just for signed memorabilia. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me and. Like, that's crazy. Now, granted, you know, is that the smartest thing to be doing? Maybe not, but that's none of my business. Like, you, if yeah. you want to sign a piece of something, the only thing that sucks is, like, I think a lot of these kids did eventually get taken advantage of because they were signing stuff and giving stuff away for tattoos. Well, your tattoo, what, it's probably, like, 300 400 bucks, like, yeah. maybe if it's, like, a medium-sized piece or something. Well, that game-worn jersey that you just signed and gave away, they're probably selling for a grand or and, two. And depending on who you are in three or four years down the line. It's worth more, worth, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what – like, Todd Gurley did end up getting suspended for that his junior year at, uh, at Georgia. So he got hurt his sophomore year, and then his junior year missed six games. Bro, he still ended – second all-time when he retired or when he when he retired when he declared for the draft and that's missing a full season and then six games like that's Todd Gurley is so underappreciated in college but whatever let's not get another another thing though with the college and pro thing and I think one thing that gets me too is in the pros I had I know I have 32 teams and I know I have well now in this season 55 man active rosters but normally 53 and I know I can get personal with the, these players. Like it's it's a good way I can keep track of all of them, and I can get invested, yeah. even if they're not on my team. I'm like I've I've known the player at one time or another, probably. Yeah. Um, with college football, man, how many freaking colleges you got? Like two hundred. There's a hundred, hundred and thirty FBS teams. And then you look at their rosters. They actually have what probably seventy five and. Under 75, 75 scholarship players usually is how it goes. And then you're probably looking at like 25 or so yeah. uh, walk-ons. Yeah. So then there's that much more information. And it's not that I don't, I don't want to keep up with it, but it's just, it's hard. Like it's, and if I can't be that invested in it, like it's hard for me to get that much into it. You know, you know I mean? how hard it is for me to remember the rosters of Georgia, then you're talking about the Pats. Then you got the Rangers, the Yankees, uh, 
Cuse, Knicks. Yeah, and that's what I'm oh, saying. Honestly, and all my all my energy, all my literal passion and love goes into the Colts. Is literally what it goes into. It was UK UK split that too, but man, I I done told you about that. I've already gave my skill. <laughs> You've read them uh, off. And then like there's some other sports, of course. I don't, I'm not like diehard diehard, but I do keep up with like the NBA to an extent. Um. I don't know. Heck, I I rather watch poker than some of these things. Like that's just where my heart is. But anyway, pro football man is what I'm about, and I love any form of football and any sport in general. It's just about what you can really put your heart into, and that's yeah. one reason. That's one that's reason. the one thing that like, like when I say like sports are my life, like no joke. That's like the only thing that I've really really am passionate about is sports, like. What's my personality? I, I don't know. I'm kind of kind of funny at times, but outside of that, like I, it's sports. It's all like all I really think about. But we're both on the same wavelength. We both care about uh, the NFL more than anything else. And speaking of the NFL, let's just jump in to our first segment, and then we'll give you a little bit of a breakdown, uh, and then we'll go into uh, our last recurring segment before we wrap things up. So our first recurring segment we will jump into is the good, the bad. And the unlucky, where we take a look at a team that was good, a team that was bad, and then obviously a team that was unlucky. So, GTD, I will let you start us off. Who was good for you this week? I got to give credit to my Colts. My Colts was a good team this week, man. Um, you're playing at home, but you've got a 7-2 and two Green Bay Packers team coming in, and they are hot. Aaron Rodgers has played literally in the MVP conversation. Yeah. Man's in the MVP conversation. Uh, Devontae Adams has probably been a top three receiver this year when he had, you know, as long as he's been healthy. Yep. Um, Aaron Jones has been great, and that defense has been – they've been spotty, but they, they've been all right. They've kind of um, gotten better. Yeah. They've gotten better. And yesterday the Colts come in, and in the first half defensively, I mean, Aaron Rodgers basically was Aaron Rodgers, what people think when they think of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, and the Colts honestly wasn't terrible in the first half yesterday. The Green Bay Packers were just better. Just better. Well, you come out in the second half, and this is what I've loved about this team all year, is you come out in the second half and you literally clamp down. They put the clamps down. And they allowed – Green Bay only had three points in the second half yesterday. Um, and, you know uh, – It's kind of bad timing for those three points, though. Yeah, it was, but you, I mean, that's a win. Like, if you'd have told me that we'd have held them to three points in the second half, I'd have said, okay, deal. I'll take that all day long. Um, you know, the offense was solid. We finally seen Jonathan Taylor find a little footing. Um, he's been, he's been up and down. That offensive line in the run game's been up and down. Um, they finally got a little, got a little steam about them and, and got some tough yard yards when they when they really wasn't supposed to and i think the biggest thing was we seen uh philip rivers looked on point yesterday he literally looked good yesterday um ran you know ran the offense well um even hurt he got hurt there for a little bit and was limping the man was just accurate yesterday and that that was my favorite part of what i've seen now i'm gonna say this and i can't say this enough my sub good after I put my Colts up there in bold print, is Julian Blackman, this rookie, this safety out of Utah. 
towards ACL. He ain't even not even a year removed from ACL surgery. This man should be in the in the conversation for defensive rookie of the year after the way he has been playing since starting. Uh, I mean, he's got three forced turnovers in the last few games. Yesterday's forced turnover in overtime came on Marquez. I, I essentially game. ended the game. Yeah, did and dude, he's been so big. He's been good. He's been one of the reasons this defense on the back end has has been able to progress. Um, it, honestly, I'm just going to call it my Colts. I wanted to give Julian Blackman a shout-out because I am falling in love with this man as a player each and every day that goes forward. Yeah. Well, and you said you said that he should be in conversation for Defensive Rookie of the Year. That It's going to be close because you, you look at Chase Young. He maybe has that wrapped up just by how like stellar he's been playing. Like he's a game changer on that on that Redskins defense, or excuse me, excuse me, the football team defense. Um, <laughs> but you're spot on with Blackman though, because he's playing at an All Pro level. Oh, like, for sure. Not not a Pro Bowl level, All Pro. Like if he's, I'm not mistaken, he's got the lowest like missed tackle percentage of all safeties in the league right now. Yeah, too. at worst, he should be second or third team All Pro, 100. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of really good safeties in the league, but I'd be hard pressed to say that there are seven better than him. I don't yeah. think that that's the case. Um, so yeah, no, I I definitely agree. The Colts looked good. They almost landed themselves on the bad and the unlucky as well as the good though, because yeah. that drive right before the the Packers game tying uh field goal. Let's see. One, two, three, five holes. Four, five, five plays in a row with a flag. The two of them were declined, though. Like that that can't happen. Yeah, it can't absolutely it cannot happen because you almost cost yourself a game. And in all yeah. reality, let's call it what it is, you should have cost yourself the game. Yeah. Well, and here here's my thing. The hold calls definitely was gonna be the reason that they lost that ball game. Undisciplined uh flags would have cost him that ball game. But man, how do you give up knowing the situation? Third and ten. The Packers backed up on their own four yard line. How do you give up a forty seven yard bomb down the field? That's just your safety got caught with eyes in the backfield, man. That's all that is right there. And that and that's the split, one play I mean split cover two at that can't happen in that scenario. That's no, that can't you're always playing. I even seen in the group text. You, if you remember, I said first off, no one on one coverages down the field. Absolutely none in this scenario. Two, your safeties are blanket covering everything. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. They let them let them take their five and ten yard passes. Like let them take it yeah. for right now until they get to you know 50, 50 yard line across their fifty. But well, what's crazy is I. I don't know if it was just a blown assignment or what, but the fact that they it from my perspective, it looked like just a straight up cover two, like hard flat cover yeah. two. But How in that situation do you run cover two and not four? Give up anything in front of you because a first down is a lot better than a 40 yard bomb. Right. Well, so I would much now I don't agree with playing passive. So I'm not saying play true quarters, yeah, but yeah. tell him to play cover two with cover four principles. You get anything vertical, even if he strays away, carry. Yeah. You yeah. have to carry. I'm telling you. That's how I always so I always well, it wasn't necessarily my idea to do it that way, but we always told our corners on anything vertical, no matter the situation, you carry if it's vertical. Okay, you carry number one vertical because it eliminates the deep ball. It, it just takes it away. So then it turns up into basically 
man, okay, you carry that man, plus you have safety help. So, I don't know. We'll, we need to get like a Chalk Talk podcast going, just me <laughs> and you. We can just sit and talk. But, no. Um, but, yeah, no, they almost ended up on the bad and the unlucky. But, no, the great win for the Colts. Uh, they they solidify themselves in first place. Honestly, it should be a couple games up because the Titans should have lost, but we'll get into that one. Uh, my good actually comes from the Thursday night game, and it's not a team necessarily, but it's the Seahawks defense. Yeah. And now this is a unit that historically, or so far this year, has been historically bad, like historically awful. Yeah. They looked good. They held the number three offense in the league to, what, 21 points? Um, really, really impressive game from them. I really wasn't super impressed by Russ, like 197 for two touchdowns. And, I mean, even Kyler put up a good game, 269, two tutties. Uh, now, Kenyon Drake, the rushing attack for the Cardinals, yikes. Leading rusher, 11 carries for 29 yards. Yeah, and that's honestly, terrible. And I and whenever we do get into our bag segment segments, you know, I mean, I want to use that one of those statistics for for why someone landed on my bad list this week. I know who's on your bad. It's the Lions. It's the Lions. That's dude. who I have oh as well. Leading rusher, dude. No joke. I, I'm looking at it right now. And yards. I have it. How? How is your leading <laughs> rusher have 17 yards? <laughs> That's all I don't know, especially like I know he just has nine carries, man. But come on, like as a team, you gotta do something else. Like you got to. That Um, can't happen. You need to go twenty. You need to go if you have to. Thirty-two personnel. Load the box. Let's go. Yeah. Like like, you gotta do something, and they just did not do it. Even throwing the ball, they couldn't do anything. So like. Yeah, Stafford. Stafford was literally right, at, literally a notch above fifty percent completion percentage. I think it was one hundred eighty-nine yards, no tutties, no, you know, one hundred and seventy-eight no. yards. Yeah, four. Let's. I I don't have his exact completion percent or his exact completions down. Oh my gosh, he so is right for, or right for above. 33. Exactly right. Eighteen for thirty-three at one seventy-eight. And your leading receiver is TJ Hawkinson. That can't happen. <laughs> Dude, that offense misses Kenny Galladay more than they know. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because so. Kenny Galladay is not like a world beater receiver by any means. You know, Kenny Galladay reminds me of Devontae Adams in a way. Like Devontae Adams played his role for so many years. And was not like the talk of the town in Green Bay. But then all of a sudden when Jordy was out the door, here comes Devontae and turned into yeah. the superstar. Now, you know, make no mistake, I, Kenny Galladay has been great since he first came into the league. Like, he's been good. Now, is he a top five receiver? No. Is he a top fifteen? Yeah, I would say probably, he's definitely a top fifteen. Uh, he's receiver. probably fringe top fifteen, but yeah. So I think I think he's taken, you know, it's taken him, of course, like we said, every the society we live in, especially sports wise, we want everything we here then and now. And uh <laughs> and uh we want everybody to deliver their first year for, you know, especially quarterbacks. That's the one. But um 
as he as each year he plays, he gets better. And I think he's going to come into his own the next couple of years, and he's going to be one of those names that we talk about as being one of the best receivers in the league. And he might not get enough notice or enough attention because he plays for the Lions, and we've seen what the Lions do to players historically. Literally make them quit. So, uh, I don't know. That offense definitely needs them some Kenny G because, uh, man, that was that – was, and let's, let's not get this loss. They they allowed Phillip Walker, the backup in, in Carolina, and that offense to score 20. Put 20 on their head, 20 on their <laughs> Isn't it PJ? Is his first name actually Phillip? Yeah, I think the it's The first P. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> PJ Walker was nice at Temple, though. That's a fact. Um he really didn't have all that impressive of a day either, and really neither did Mike Davis. Like the only person who had an eyes popping like stat line was DJ Moore, you know, seven for one twenty seven. That's that's incredible. <laughs> but yeah, even Davis sixty four yards on nineteen carries and a goal line touchdown. Like that's not gonna wow you. PJ Walker two fifty eight, one touchdown, two interceptions. Like. Pretty decent stat line for your first start, especially because you won. But that poor game reminds me. It, I, I would imagine it would be like you said while go watching that Wisconsin Northwestern. Oh game. my god! But what's crazy is, let's see. Only one team scored in this Lions and Panthers game, and they still almost scored more points than that <laughs> Northwestern <laughs> Wisconsin game. So that's that's tough. But let's kind of jump into what you were saying. Is Kenny Galladay a top 15 receiver? Like, can we go through, like, let's go by division, and we'll see if we can get 15 better than him. Because, like, in the AFC East, maybe Devontae Parker, maybe Stephon Diggs. I don't definitely think no one on the Jets. Argued. Definitely no one on the Jets. Stephon Diggs, you can argue. I think it's the only one. Okay, so you got Diggs in the East, okay, in the AFC North. Higgins, for sure, right now. You really think so, man? I, I still like Kenny G's been hurt. In the like games he's played in, he's still – oh, I love Higgins. I love him, but I'm I'm not going to give him that much credit yet. Like, I think – I'd say oh, there are three on the Bengals that are fringe <laughs> top 15. Really? Yeah, I really I like Lloyd, and obviously I love AJ. Yeah, so I, I feel think like that, AJ Green's basically. I told you, I think he's about to hit the retirement home. But oh, he's about to be done. He's definitely about to be done in Cincy. But I, I would still put him in that fringe top 15, 20 ish range. Yeah, absolutely. Because now, strictly based on talent, maybe not production, but talent. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, to me, Boyd is closer in the argument than any of the other other two. But uh, even over that, Higgins. Yeah, like I'll I take Higgins I, over either of those two any day. Yeah, if I'm if I'm building, but now I'm like saying I'm just saying, right now, just for this season. Um, I don't know. I think Tyler Boyd has a. You might you might can argue, but I still think Kenny G is just a better player. Um, I'm looking at Ju, like Juju. I still Juju's not better. Um, yeah, Juju's not very good, and if you're not putting Juju there, you definitely can't put Deontay or yeah, I put there. No, uh, maybe Hollywood, accounts. like Hollywood, maybe I would definitely take Jarvis Landry over Galladay. Uh, are you serious? Are you? Yeah, kidding me? I do. I think I think that Jarvis is one of those. It's like he's you're gonna discard him strictly because he doesn't put up like eye popping stats. 
But look who's throwing him the football. I'm not like, discrediting like him. Baker's I'm, awful. I'm not discrediting he's a good player, but he's no he's not the uh, Kenny Galladay. Like the the one receiver that was in that division that I would have probably put over him was OBJ, and that was strictly because of what I've seen OBJ do in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a talent. Um, yeah, that would be the only one. Heck, well, I guess he's still there. So yeah, I'll, all right, we'll say OB. I'll say OBJ. Okay, so how about now? Let's go to the AFC West. So you got another. You got. Let's start with the Broncos. You got Jerry Judy is the only one from the Broncos. Maybe Cortland Sutton would be in conversation, yeah, but yeah. right now, based on what I've seen, not yet. Tyreek Hill, one hundred percent. Um, for the Raiders, they got nobody unless you're counting Waller, yeah. and then definitely Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, yeah, He's absolutely. You're taking Keenan Allen. Me, there's... Mike Williams is no, conversation, but so there's four. Okay, and that's yeah. three divisions. Yeah, all right. Now let's do uh, AFC South. Okay, we got no one. Well, maybe one in uh, in Jacksonville. I'm not taking Shark. I'm not taking A.J. Brown. I'm not even taking T.Y. Hilton. Like, I oh, used really? To You're not taking T.Y.? No, T.Y. is like he's in that same conversation as A.J. Green, I think. Like, I think, I think – yeah, like not not even him. I still think he's very talented and a very good player, but I don't think he's up there with the top fifteen in the league right now. Like, yeah. so I think yeah, it's I close. I don't think, think there's close. a player in the AFC South that that's better than him. I'd probably take AJ Brown over him for sure, just from what we've seen. All right, so I'll game. give you him then. Like, there's five. Yeah. All right. So now, Jarvis, like, all right. Now let's go NFC South. In the NFC South, you're looking at a lot. Okay, yeah. This is um, where you're getting the most because probably m- maybe two on each team. Yeah, Julio and Calvin Ridley. Julio and Calvin for sure I'm taking over. That's seven. Then, yeah, then you got Mike Evans, not even a question. Are you taking Godwin or A.B. over him? From what I've seen no. from A.B., it's a conversation still. No, I'm not I'm not taking either one over him at this point. Okay, rate. then you got the Saints. Emmanuel so Sanders eight. you're not going to take, but you definitely are taking Mike Thomas over yeah. him. Yeah, that's not okay. Now on the Panthers, there's a legitimate conversation for two of them. I don't like, think so, man. Dude, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, very DJ Moore, one hundred percent. I'll Curtis take Curtis Samuel ain't in the stratosphere. I think it's close. He's than been playing credit good. for. Um, and DJ Moore, I'm taking him for sure. So what you're telling me is that Robbie Anderson's the third best receiver on that team? I think so. Oh I've never really liked Robbie Anderson. I haven't either. I haven't either, but I'm you can't say he's the third best. I definitely take DJ Moore over Robbie, so at best Robbie's the second best. I don't think any of them even sniff Kenny Galladay myself. But. All right. So okay, fine. So we'll We're leave not. them off. We'll leave We're them not. off. That's fine. Okay, so let's go uh NFC East. Prop mm, scary Terry at this point, I would take over Galladay. Scary oh, Terry. That, see now that that's a good one. Uh, scary uh, Terry with what he's having thrown to him. I mean, he's still putting up like future Hall of right. Famer numbers so we'll through two you. years. We'll, we'll say Terry McLaurin. So there's 10. Um, no one else in Washington for sure. No one in Philly. Mm, no one. Yeah, because Alshon sucks. Now, like in Dallas, you could argue. Probably about... three. No, you're wild, dude. Maybe not Gallup this year, but definitely I'm taking I'm C- dude, CD. CD has looked incredible. He has been very good, but I'm still not taking him over. Oh, D. man, you're crazy. 
Now, Amari, you can argue, but I, I still like Kenny G better than Amari. Like, I, I'm not big on Amari, but I still, I think, would take him. It depends on what the contract looks like. But Well, let's let's choose one, and let, let's just say, let's put one in there just for the heck of it, just to give us 11. Okay. So we'll, right. make, so, we'll make a no-doubt list right here. So definitely not anyone from the Giants, I don't think. No. Like, I'm not taking That's Shep true. over him. I'm definitely not taking Golden Tate. Not not this like, Golden Tate. Like Absolutely not. not. He's not a top 15 receiver. So then, here's another. Then you're moving to the north. This and you got it. One for sure, not even a question, Devontae. Actually, yeah. two. Because yeah. you're Devontae taking Adams, Thielen Adam over Thielen. him, too. Yeah, you're putting yeah. those two on the list. Justin Jefferson's another conversation. You look at all these rookies, and they're getting up there. Like Justin yeah, Jefferson yeah, had another phenomenal I need, game. I like, need to see. A, I need to see a little more. Though. I want to see a little more, like an expansive game log. Um, who now, okay, is, here's a good conversation Alan to have. Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson. You taking him for sure over Galladay? Uh, I'm not going to say for sure, but he's definitely right in that area. I, think. I probably would. I would take him strictly because of the size differential. Like Alan Robinson him, is a I think Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay are very like they're in the I, same tier of receivers. I think they're, I think they're so in the same 13 tier. Or 14. And then out west, dude, you got a lot that you're taking over in the NFC West. I'm taking D Hop. I'm taking D Hop. You're not taking Cooper Cup or Robert Woods over him. No. You're not taking Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. I might, I might take Metcalf. Might. I, I, I might take Metcalf. <laughs> Come on, dude. I'm taking everyone I just named. I'm gonna put D Holiday. That's for sure. I'll put D Hop Metcalf up there. I'm definitely not taking Tyler Lockett over him. I definitely would. not taking either of the Rams. I would 100% take Cup and over. I'm, and I'm for sure not taking any Niners. So Debo is. Right, so, yeah. I think they're similar. I think Debo, especially because of Debo's like versatility in the running game and how good of a blocker he is, he's in that same conversation of like the tier of talent that Kenny Galladay is in. One hundred percent. So for me, Kenny G comes out to be like the sixteen. For me, I would say he's probably like twenty-one or twenty-two. And honestly, there's a few guys in there I'd argue over him. Like I would rather have Kenny G than Amari Cooper myself. Yeah, but uh, I mean, we have him in like the same tier. Like he's definitely a number. He's definitely a number one. Yeah. Like I don't think that's arguable. Like no. he is. He's talented enough to be a number one. I think it, it kind of sucks for him though, because I think with his skill set, like he should be the number one target, but he should not be like a true number one receiver. If that makes any sense, See, like I feel like he like, is though. Man. Like I Jules can be a number one target, but he can't be a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Like, there's feel, a huge difference, you know. I feel like Kenny G is the number one receiver. Like, I think he could be a cornerstone to a wide receiver core. Like, and I think he is, actually, as as we speak. Yeah, he That's is. what I'm saying. Like, there's going to be some guys that he jumps in the coming years, I believe. Some guys I put over him right now just because I have to. Yeah. And Calvin Ridley's another interesting one to talk about, honestly. Like, I don't know. Calvin's great. Like he's absolutely great and been great this year. But this is the only year we've really seen him really take a huge step. Like, so I don't know. That's another one you can argue. I'd probably have Kenny G somewhere like 13, 14, 15. Yeah. I'm, right I'm going to walk mine back to say maybe not 21 or 22, but probably closer to 17 or 18. Yeah. So not a huge difference, but, you know, obviously better. But well, hopefully no. – 
hopefully the listeners enjoyed that extensive breakdown of Kenny G ranking. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of like I think that they will because it's kind of like it's kind of an interesting uh, little dive into like how we perceive things, you know. Yeah, like I think they probably like that. But no, let's jump into this unlucky now. Um, I got kind of a juicy one, so I'll let you start us off again here. Who you got as oh, your unlucky team of the week? Oh, uh, mine's the uniform one that everyone that's listening to this podcast is automatically gonna guess. And it's the Cincinnati Bengals, man. Um you take your star studded number one overall pick in Joe Burrow, who has played very well for them this year. And yeah, a brutal injury dude. Everyone everyone that was watching Sunday seen it, and honestly, it makes me sick to my stomach. I, I sent the video, the up close video in the Twitter. Oh, video. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, dude, I, I watched it live. That was he gross. was lucky that his literal bone did not shoot to the side of his leg. No, uh, well, his, his knee was like concave inside of itself, like oh, hyper extended oh. backwards. Like it, like things like that, like. Because like mine when not when I tore mine, mine went from not the front where his went like to the front. Mine went to the side. So when I got hit, mine dislocated to the left or to the inside. And then when I fell down, it fell back in place and shredded yeah. everything yeah. there. So like watching stuff like that, like when I saw Marcus Lattimore's, that was like I was yeah, in it's... I was in my immobilizer watching that game. And I could not like I had to. I made my parents turn the TV off. I couldn't watch it. Yeah. And like still to this day, when I see stuff like that, it like irks. Me. Which my stomach's weak watching things of that nature anyway. Oh, like, it hurts. I, it, it makes it hurts. me literally want to just throw up. But I um, you and the big reason that he they're the unlucky. And I'm gonna say the Cincinnati Bengals, not Joe Burrow. No, granted, of course Joe Burrow is very unlucky. Oh yeah. Um, but the Cincinnati Bengals are in an aspect to the team because you take a guy number one overall that has seen so you've seen so many promising games and plays from this man. And this early in his career, his literal rookie season, you have that big of an injury. Like yeah. how you never know how that's going to impact. Yeah, how players. he's going to come back from it. Because like some people, when they come back, they're a different player. Yeah, and, and rightfully and, so. I mean, it makes sense. Like I, that, uh, that's a career altering. Yeah, and we moment. seen today they came out and they said that actually more additional damage was done than than previously thought. Like it was the ACL, the MCL, and other structural damage in the knee. Um. Well, I, like I said in the group, like not to cut you off, but like I said in the group, usually when that is the case, it probably is not another like ligament tear. It probably is the force of the tear was so strong that it pulled little bone spurs off. So little tiny flakes of the bone came off from where it, it attaches um, yeah. to your to your tibia or whatever. Um, so that's probably what that was. So that's not like a huge, huge deal. But still, it's painful more so yeah. than it is like going to affect his recovery. But we talk about, you know, some people becoming different players afterwards. Like, this is one of those injuries that has that uh, level to it. Like, yeah. when he when he's toting around this leg brace he's going to be wearing, like, you never know how that's going to immobilize him on the yeah. field. Yeah, what's so. that going to do to his mobility? What's that going to do to his confidence? Because like one of the thing that one of the things that has separated him and Herbert from every other rookie I've seen in a long time, maybe maybe even in in a better light than Luck, is that they're not playing like rookies. Like 
not even just from their talent and ability to throw the football, but like their decision making, their confidence, being able to lead and have their the confidence in themselves to make plays and make adjustments. Yeah. Like, does that change things? Is he now instead of stepping up into the pocket, taking a hit to get a throw off? Is he now going to throw that away? Yeah. Or instead of stepping up in the pocket and escaping, is he now just going to fold and take a sack or, again, throw it away? So, like, yeah. that could it's, change a lot. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's going to be one of them things, man. It's going to be something to see. And I really hope that it doesn't affect his game because he's an enjoyable player to watch. I don't care. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, honestly, thoughts are out to him, man. Hopefully yeah. a good recovery to come. Uh but, yeah, I, I don't think it's any doubt that the Cincinnati Bengals are not unlucky. Yeah, no doubt. And really all football fans uh, in general uh, because, like you said, uh, I being up there with Pat watching watching the Bengals and seeing the joy that it brought him and, like, honestly, even, like, as just a football fanatic, like the joy that yeah. it brought me to watch him. Like, it, it's a lot of fun to watch good players play the game, um, Especially since no one's like really slobbering them over over him yet, like they are Mahomes. Because yeah. as much as I say it's fun watching good players play, when they get too overhyped, that's when it just turns me like way off. Like I cannot stand Mahomes. And to his credit, he's not overly cocky. He, from all accounts, he's a mm-hmm. good guy. It's just Same the way me. the it's way the about. media and his fans just slobber over him and like Mm. it it drives me just nuts like i hate him for me there was always you had like you have to find that filter in your own mind to be like okay you gotta like accept what he does to be him and everyone what everyone else says like push it out the way oh my but i can't like i can't i can't do that it's the same thing i'm that way with music i'm that way with lebron specifically like i I know cannot stand it like cannot stand i can't i think a lot of people are that way though i'm that way to like almost to an extreme like people told me for the longest time like when game of thrones first came out because like i'm a huge lord of the rings fan right read the books, read the Hobbit books, like love it there. It's phenomenal. So when game of Thrones first came out, uh, one of my friends, may you've met May. She was like, dude, you gotta watch game of Thrones. You would love it. I was like, absolutely not. Because all I would see on Twitter is people slobbering over the show. And I hated it just for that. And then I finally caved and watched it. And it's like my favorite show of all time. So hey, like, yeah. Hey, who names their dog? Craig. Oh, <laughs> That's comedy, dude. We laugh about that all the time. That is that's oh, comedy. That I, is had to, comedy. I had to reference it. <laughs> that's them. Somehow, someday, I, I don't don't know when it may be or where they may be, but I hope they find themselves listening to this at fifty eight minutes in. <laughs> and I hope they both hear say, "Who names their dog Craig?" <laughs> they just get one of them's gonna get pissed, and the other's gonna laugh. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a night that was. That was funny. What happened that night? I don't remember. <laughs> That's I've the point. <laughs> well, it was a good night. But no, <clears throat> so your unlucky affects all NFL fans. Mine does as well. And the whole NFL fandom, the fan universe, whatever you want to call it, we're all unlucky because Sean Payton robbed us of the opportunity to see famous Jameis play football again. Yeah, post-LASIK Jameis. Well, that's what we was all wanting. 
30 touchdowns with essentially like marbles as eyeballs. And now he has LASIK and he can see. Like, I want to see this man tear it up with probably like Chris Godwin wasn't what he was this year, last year. So, like, and Mike Evans is, was always Mike Evans, but still, probably the best supporting cast he's ever had because best offensive lineman he would have ever had. <laughs> Mike Thomas is better than Mike Evans. Like, I don't think that's Wait. really a debate. Like, Emmanuel Sanders and Kamara. Like, I think that would be just a match made in heaven. But nope. Instead, we get a tight end starting at quarterback for the Saints. That's crazy. I got a question for you. Do you think the league quit penalizing for marijuana because of the amount of glaucoma that Jameis had last year? Uh, this Ooh. man needed some weed. Hmm. So That's maybe maybe he had air quote LASIK surgery. Oh, and he's just well smoking. Yeah, you never know, man. And it's not. That's it's not. that. That's the Wolfpack NFL conspiracy theory. Okay. Actually, that Jameis that Jameis didn't have LASIK. Jameis did not have LASIK. He had bad glaucoma, and he, he needed weed so bad to stay LASIK. off. LASIK. Yeah, and he needed LASIK. weed nice. to stay off of the suspended list and all that. That it finally convinced Roger Goodell, hey, let's just let's just quit penalizing for it altogether. So you think Roger it, Goodell, you think Roger Goodell likes Jameis Winston enough to do that? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he had a good like seafood bar at his house that night, and he was like, "Man, I better do this, or Jameis is going to come steal every damn crab leg I he have." Brought, no, Jameis but, brought the crab legs, and it was like his peace offering. He was like, "Look." Take take reefer off of the the suspension list. Crab legs for reefer and crab and legs. What and a was, trade! And it was the it was the deal of the century actually. Yeah, has okay. Has Adam Schefter reported that yet? Probably no, not. Wolfpack. That, are... That's Wolfpack scoop right there. I think we uh, credit to you. You cracked the case on that one. You cracked the case like a cracked crab leg. Wow. <laughs> That was beautiful. God Almighty. I'm normally into conspiracy theories, but I think I've just talked myself into them. I th- you've, you've definitely convinced me. But no, I was really looking so forward to seeing what Jameis could do, like especially with an offensive mind like Sean Payton that like can like put him in a great position schematically well, to have that, success. Uh, Jameis just looks like a whole new ball player. If like I know we've not seen him on the actual field, but if you look at him from a from a physique standpoint, like you can tell he's lost the weight. Oh yeah, like, you can tell he moves better. Even whenever you see the videos that he posts on Facebook, yeah, or, I mean on Instagram, wherever it is he posts them, yeah, he, he honestly went, just looks different. He went from looking like a black Big Ben to like now he looks like a little bit of a chonker uh, Cam Newton. Like so, he's still I'm, a little bit thicker than Cam, but yeah. like he's just a thick boy. He's like he's got that Jordan Hampton butt on him. I think that's why Hampton was like that Florida State fan for so long. He's seen himself in Jameis. He just saw he saw Jameis's wagon and was like, yeah. dude, this is like looking in a mirror. <laughs> he's like, God, I love Jameis. I love Jameis soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Let's let's touch on our uh, our your stupid segment. You stupid. What's nine plus ten? Twenty. Oh, and um, I got mine for sure. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start us off here. I um, I hand up. 
you called this one. You hit this one right on the head. You said, coming coming Tuesday morning, when we're listening, we're going to hear you say, Jags plus 10 is on your stupid. And, buddy, they didn't score 10 points. Dude, what, what was the other What was the other one I called that I literally was like, you got to be on the your stupid segment? Oh, when I had the Jets at plus nine and a half. Yeah, there offense. you go. Yeah. That was twice. But see, like, I, I, when I see double-digit points from now on, I'm just not going to take it. Because every time I take it, I take the wrong side. Usually, it's laying double-digit points. Like, I got beat when I laid 10 with the Steelers. And then I got beat when I laid 13 with the Packers. Yum. Should have known. Should have known that a double-digit line is just not for Ian. Like, double no digit more double-digit for lines. anyone. Honestly, if you think about it, I've took. I can remember of. I've took one double-digit line this year, and it was the Panthers against the Chiefs, and it turned out beautifully. But they're scary, dude. But Vegas, Vegas is a scary animal to deal with in the first place. And whenever they're, whenever I'm taking double-digit lines, ooh, you know they're getting like they're trying to bait you a little bit oh 100 so yeah that is why i am stupid so don you can do the honors you're an idiot so stupid you are but not as stupid as gtd because gtd listened to cameron cheek whenever he took the denver broncos at first and and cheek was like oh (laughs) you said you'd lock in the miami dolphins at minus whatever they were and here i am i had a legitimate case for picking the Denver Broncos and of course I held my word I am a good man let's let's not throw that out the window but I am an idiot for letting Cameron Cheat just let me throw everything out the window and say all right I'll lock in the Miami Dolphins minus three and a half and they get freaking swacked literally Tua gets pulled in the fourth yeah it's just a bad week for me to listen to Cheat honestly never listen to Cheat no one should ever listen to you. Fade cheek with everything that you do, fade cheek. You'll make money. This is a fact. Wait, so, no. Don, I mean, you are absolutely stupid yeah, for dude. locking the Dolphins. I told you that the Broncos are going to win this game out. I knew they were going to win it. I even said it. And then Cheek was like, oh, you said you do this. And it I, just made too much sense. And my exact reasoning for why they were going to win one, they were going to be able to run the ball right at the Dolphins, which no one's really had a lot of success doing this year. But if you can run the ball right out of Flores or Belichick defense, you'll have success. And what did they do? 15 carries, 84 yards for Melvin, two touchdowns. Okay, ran the ball literally right at them, had success. And then what else did I say? I said you have to be able to take the top off of it. Let the top off, Jackie. Let's stun a little bit. Yep. Well, you got Patrick, five receptions, 119 yards. Let's see what uh, let's see what Jerry Judy did. Let's see, Judy, three receptions, 30 yards. Noah Fant, four receptions, 55 yards. Uh, Vanette, two receptions, 24 yards. So you got four four Broncos are double digit averages. Let's see, they're long, 61, 29, 22, 16, 15. Like big plays and being able to run the ball is how you beat a Belichick and Flores defense, and that's exactly what the Broncos did. Uh, and that's even after losing the turnover battle, I'm pretty sure, because Locke threw an interception and Gordon fumbled and didn't get it back. Let's see. Fitzy threw an interception. Not seeing any fumbles. 
Yeah, none were lost. So yeah, it was really the only reason that to really got pulled yesterday was because he was just playing too conservative. It's like it's like he knew, uh, or not even knew. Like it's just like he was so afraid to turn the ball over, and that's a good thing to an extent. But whenever but you're not. not, but whenever you're not making plays that you would normally make, yeah, like you're hindering the offense at that point. And Flores literally like realized that and made no hesitation in pulling him which is good as a rookie he needs to know that yeah like at some point i I get playing conservative but like at some point you were drafted in the top five ten whatever for a reason go out there and play you're gonna make mistakes it's being able to learn from those mistakes that have made the greats great. Um, you know, yeah. you look at Peyton Manning, his first year in the league, led the league in interceptions, had the worst touchdown to interception ratio of any rookie ever. Yeah. Okay, ever. Now he's like unanimous Hall of Famer, second Top best quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, yeah, second best quarterback probably of all time. Like, you're going to make mistakes. Learn from them and get better. Learn how to take care of the football. Well, but you still have to have the ability to have confidence in your arm and make some, like, wow plays. Let me let me ask you. Let me pose this question. Who's the coach of the year leading candidate right now? I know my pick. Mm, I think it's the two guys that we've both been really high on, and I'm kind of biased towards both of these guys because they were vital Pat's assistants. But I think those are the two that are right there. I think it's Brian Flores. I don't think it's even like, yeah, I know. You got an argument with Judge, but, yeah, those are the two. Well, I don't think Judge is even in the argument myself. Dude, if he takes – if he wins the division, albeit the worst division in football, if he wins the NFC East, he's coach of the year. Yeah. Because that Giants roster coming into the season should not have even thought about winning the division. he has played 10 games and he has three wins though. Like I, I don't care if they win the division or not. Like I'm not creating them. Like I'm just not doing it. Now, to me, Mike Tomlin is the closest thing that I would I can come to to say. Because you know how much like to me, I would I I think it takes a lot to have a team sitting at 10 and 0. Like it just takes a lot. Like that locker room can get lost so many times. I mean it takes a lot for a team to go one and 0, much less 10 and 0, because in the NFL, no win is guaranteed. Yeah. I mean you look at the Pats this week and you, so you yeah. talked to me before the game, they win by 30. So no, definitely, definite credit to Tomlin. I, I, I'm going to say Mike Tomlin's going to be most people's unanimous one, but, or even, I don't uh, know, or even, uh, Kingsbury. A lot of people will say Kingsbury in Arizona. I, I have a better argument that Cliff should be fired rather than he should get coach of the year because with, with the talent that they have, yeah, no one expected them to be like in that, like in the playoff picture, but, you can make a very real argument that this team should have well, two losses. Like they should have two losses, and that's it. Yeah. And and the games they've lost, one hundred percent, have been Kingsbury's fault. But then again, we can back it up. And here's a dark horse that honestly a lot of people's not going to talk about because every time you hear his name, it's derogatory meaning. John Gruden should be in the conversation. In all honesty, like this this Las yeah. Vegas team was not projected to, to be where they are currently. And they gave Kansas City a bad loss in week five. And honestly, last night on Sunday Night Football. Should have beat them. Should have. Like they were in the position to beat them. 
And Pat Mahomes does what Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs offense do. They literally nonchalantly march down the field for a game-winning touchdown. Like, you that was the most predictable game-winning drive of all time. Like, yeah. especially with just how the like the game flow of that. Like, you knew there was going to be a couple of explosive plays. Dude, Tyreek Hill absolutely screwed me yesterday. I mean, that's just insane. He went absolutely <laughs> off. Yeah. He's honestly had a great year. Like, and it's not been more like yardage and stuff, but he's been so efficient when he's touched the ball. Yeah. So I think his I think his yards per catch is getting up there at like 17 yards a catch, and that's insane. Yeah. If you're anything over 12 in the NFL, you're a baller. If you're up over 15, you're like future Hall of Famer. And yeah. honestly, with the past couple of years he's had, we're starting to get in that Tyree Kill is going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But getting back to just the original point, and I wanted to pose the question so I could answer it. And I just think Brian Flores is your coach of the year, leading candidate as we speak. Um, you look at Miami Dolphins, man. No one, and I mean no one in this world, had them even close to where they're at right now. Um, and especially with a rookie like Tua uh, coming in, you had Fitz Magic as your other quarterback, like. We thought this team, we, we even said it multiple times. We said this team's two years out from really competing. Yeah. And here we are, and here they are competing. Like they're truly competing to get in the playoffs right now and, and do something. Actually, as of last week, they were in it until they lost. Yeah. So they lost, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think Brian Does that Flores put the is Titans back candidate. in the playoffs? Titans yeah. back in the playoffs yeah. now? Yeah, they're, they're currently the five seed. They went from out to the five seed. The AFC is just stacked because, like, even the Texans at what now three and seven, whatever they are, like, that's the best three and seven team of all time. They're like, they're very talented. That's right. make no mistake about it. And they and when the Indy plays them twice in the next three weeks, I'm gonna be very nervous when we play. Them. Yeah, because what's crazy is like they've they've lost four of their seven games by less than a score. So. You could make again. You can make an argument where they they should be up in the playoff discussion. Then you got like nine teams of the sixteen in the conference in the hunt for the playoffs. Still, really, only while well, the Texans essentially are eliminated at three and seven. Like even if they win out, yeah, yeah. like it's just not likely. Um, but no, I mean y- you have a minimum of of nine teams in the hunt. Like that's that's saying something about the the. The quality, so yeah. But back to the coach of the year. Yeah, you're probably looking at at Gruden's in the conversation, Flores in the conversation. I like Tomlin. I mean, I don't know if he should necessarily get it, but yeah, at ten and zero, and no one really thought they'd be ten and zero. That's for no. sure. Well, no I'd, one they'd be like 10-0. I, you know how much praise I sung for him to start the year. I, hell, I, I didn't had him as see a that at winner. all. Yeah, I didn't see that. And at all. Uh, but hell, ten and zero. That's that's just a feat that I didn't expect. Like I, I could see him at like eight and two right now, leading that division. You know but, who? You know who's going to get a lot of praise for <clears throat> or like hype for Coach of the Year and shouldn't even be brought up in the discussion. I thought we already established this one. <laughs> mm, <laughs> no. Bruce Arians. Yeah, I I don't really consider him up there either. He should not even be mentioned in this I thought they, I thought they looked kind of like, honestly, I don't think they really looked that great. And I don't think it's anything that 
Arians has done to make him look not good on sometimes and good at sometimes. I think it's just the fact of the matter that they have a lot of talent. They wasn't used to playing together, and they're yeah. still kind of figuring some things out. Like I don't know. I don't think consider Bruce Arians. Nah, I'm trying to think of like even anyone Stefanski? else. Could... Are they going to say Stefanski with the seven and three Browns? Honestly, could be made. The conversation could yeah, be. Yeah, the conversation is there for sure. The one one guy that I think could be in the conversation, and you're going to say no because they're in a bad division. You definitely can make an argument for Ron Rivera. I. I wouldn't put him. I wouldn't put him in the conversation, but I do love me some Ron. Revolving door at quarterback. You go from Haskins, who's just terrible. Now you have Alex Smith, who's like, like walking paper glass and beat cancer, and has them in first place in the division. I know. I get that it's only what four wins now, three wins, whatever. Like, I don't even think. Yeah, they might have four. I don't know. Let's check. I know the Eagles were in first at one time with a three six on one record. Honestly, probably still, still Washington up. three and seven. So the Eagles are in first still. Uh, let's check. Are the Eagles? Oh my God, they're. Yeah, the Eagles are in first at three six and one. That whole division, oh, that whole division is three six oh. and one, three and seven, three and seven, three and seven. Dude, what a disaster that is! The Eagles are terrible. I think I very real. The argument is there. The Eagles are the worst team in that division, even with the Cowboys without Dak, the Giants and Skins. Or sorry. The football team, both in like current rebuilds. The Eagles are the worst team in that division. And they probably have the most talent outside the Cowboys. That's crazy. I would hate to have to rank that division. That's how bad they are. But that you remember the year that the Falcons and the or I think it was the Falcons ended seven and nine and made the playoffs. Like the worst his the worst record of any playoff team of all time. Well, that that's like the year. Okay, so the they beast won the mode division. Run. Actually, they won well, the, the division. beast mode so. run when the Seahawks hosted the Saints <clears throat> in that uh, in that wild card game. The Seahawks were seven and nine that year. That's when the NFC West was like awful, awful. That's when you had the Rams and the Cardinals as like really super bad, and then um, the 49ers were still like a seven win team or a six win team. So yeah, the Seahawks got in at seven and nine and then that beast mode run happened. We are seeing that same scenario play out. Like oh yeah this year could we see could we see a six win team make the playoffs this year? Like <laughs> I think it's very possible. Let's see. So they're three and seven, six games left. That means they have to win half of their yes. remaining games to get to yeah. six games. Whoa. Yeah, I'm gonna say six wins wins this division. If they can get to six wins, they're winning it. It wouldn't surprise me if a five-win team won that division. <laughs> that's that's wild. That makes me sick. I don't see how it how any of these teams get the five wins. Uh, they have to play each other at some point. But like, what's their division? Okay, so the Giants have played. Now that's going to play a big, big factor. The Giants are three and two in division play right now. Three and two. By far the best record of anyone in that division. The Cowboys sneakily have the worst against the division at one and two. The other two are two and two. Like, so that's hmm, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of neat. 
Um, it's gonna. It's just a bad division to even keep up with anymore. Like you, it turned into a, a decent to a good division. To you, don't even want to look at it now. No, I mean that. That really is is about it. I think we've touched on just about every game. Um, because there's a couple games that we don't even need to mention. Like, yeah. actually, we've talked about every game. Legitimately, we've talked about every game. That's just uh, honestly great conversation this week. Uh. Donnie boy, I loved it. Uh, it I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, this week's pre pre uh, preview what show. Am I looking for yeah, preview show. Absolutely, me too. Because we got some college basketball on Wednesday, so we'll record on Wednesday. I'll get it dropped on Thursday. We'll give you a little bit of a college basketball preview. Uh, we'll break down all the upcoming college football games or some of them. Um, and then also, obviously, we'll give you the Brovada challenge and everything still. So, but no, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Stay tuned. We have a huge announcement coming at you guys, uh, in the next couple days. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Spotify, Google Pods, a couple other small outlets as well. Um, Make sure you are interacting with the socials. Uh, get all your latest memes and sports news on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook. Uh, but, no, we appreciate uh, you guys listening. You got anything to add, GTD? Nope. Get ready for next week. Absolutely. So that will wrap us up, guys. Once again, thanks for the support. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Make a chest
just knowing I'm advancing. From a project to living in mansions. Thirty dollars they worse than cancer. I done seen it when taking these chances. Should be second in love and romance. Trying to please everyone around you. Causing mayhem, causing madness. Falling hella deep, but I ain't crashing. You, you represent passion. Feeling new, new, everlasting. Live the life I always imagine. Treat me like Christ in the trenches. Treat me like a god, I'm so rebellious. Ain't lie to me, that's gonna make me so much fucking better. All this cold, cold now. Have a bitch cool, cool. Baby, need more. Chains on this ability. Slurp me like noodles. Thanks to the noodle. Statue of business. And when you look in my eyes, you make me delirious. And then I started to fall. That's something serious. Okay. Okay.